You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. Bonus episode! Woo! Hi! You're a little too excited about this, Aaron. Um, I don't think anyone could possibly be too excited about what this episode is about to bring. Well, you're so excited we forgot to introduce ourselves again. Oh. Um, I kind of think people know who we are by now. We may have new listeners. <gasps> Hi, little newbies. You're still lexiconosaurs to us. Always and forever. So anyway, now introducing ourselves, that's Aaron. And, and, and that's a weirdo. I mean, AF. Thanks. I mean, hi. This is the first of our Balticon bonus episodes. The BBEs. The BBs. The BBs. <laughs> this episode is going to be featuring a panel from Balticon. We have six of these totals, so you'll be seeing one every other month around the mid-month time. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely awesome. And I requested that we start with this episode. This was probably my favorite panel at Balticon. We sat front row, got to be part of the action. And you know what? It was really, really sweet. You're going to hear us laughing and making comments during the panel. So yeah, you know, we had to make sure you knew we were actually there. Yeah, you'll recognize our voices. I hope you recognize mine anyway. So we give you the dynamic voice acting panel from Balticon 2015. Amazing. Hi, I'd like to welcome everybody to Dynamic Voice Acting. If you have a seat available, please, next to you, please raise your hand so folks who are standing in want seats can You, get in the front. (laughs) I want to look at that suit. (laughs) It's it's Balticon. Everybody's generally pretty pleasant, so... Hugh, you get the front seat. So, so, I just really quick like a show of hands. How many of you have been to dynamic voice acting in previous years? Okay. That's a good one. So, well, I think you shut up. You asked everybody. No, I didn't. Wait, me too. I looked at them. Okay, so anyway, uh, how this works is we're going to talk about what causes voice acting to go wrong, and I'm going to show you how your scripts can be drastically misinterpreted, and then we're going to open it up to the audience to occasionally to, to come in and play some of the acting games. I know that's the favorite part. But uh, before I get started on that, I'd like to give the panelists a chance to introduce themselves and, of course, you know, flog anything they need to. <laughs> so starting with T, let's start with T Morris. Uh, I am T. This is Lucky Tiki. I'm going to be clutching Lucky Tiki. I have no idea what oh, you don't even know what you're in for. I know. I honestly thought this was a, just a quick disclaimer. I thought this was a legitimate panel about dynamic voice acting. <laughs> in the same vein that when. When with Alex's moderator, exactly. <laughs> when Alex, when Alex and Stephen came on, and, and, and when Alex and Stephen said, "Oh yeah, T, we want you to come on to uh, Disaster Beast Theatre so we can talk about um, casting the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences," I got very excited. And then about ten minutes in, I was like, "I get it." <laughs> yeah, he got, he got really offended when he found out that our joke podcast was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Michael Bay's? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starring Shia LaBeouf as. Uh, <laughs> that being said, I'm I'm not only a um, I'm not only a podcaster. I'm not only a writer. Oh, pardon me, award winning writer. I can I can I can back I can back my chops up with I am also a classically trained actor. Yay! Yay. Welcome. So he knows how to bust tables. Um, I was previously married to this man. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and what do you do? You have something coming oh, up? I have like Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences. All right with him. And, Which one? Uh, oh yeah, the one. No, it didn't win the award. The Diamond Conspiracy. Watch Yay. Queen Victoria miss up England. Uh, Quiet. <laughs> All right, Stephen. Yes, I am Stephen Grenade. I am a scientist, but in my misbegotten youth, I got a degree in theater and then realized I wanted to make money, so went into science, and that did not work out. <laughs> yeah, but bro, you got a PhD. I did, I, did. I do. It's very frightening. So, yes, this is the acting portion. Now, now Dr. Grenade, you have some stuff coming out with uh, Media Fusion, right? I do. We are it's doing... a name of a villain. Yes. I have, I have a... I'm just going to lean away from Dr. Grenade. <laughs> Hello, Alex White. I'm here for my dynamic um, acting panel. Yeah. Oh, good. I good. Are you <laughs> so, yes, in a, a, a number of months determined by NASA, we are doing a NASA series of YouTube videos on the space launch system that I am the host for. And it's three minutes long and is going to be entertaining rather than... Science-y. Some of the other things that NASA has presented. So. He's, 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 like, he's like Mr. Wizard, except he explodes! <laughs> Alright, Dave? Yes. I'm Dave Robinson, uh, founder and host of the Roundtable Podcast. The magazine, correct? Indeed, yes. the newly launched Vex Mosaic magazine of speculative thought. Uh, currently having for... open submissions yeah. for anyone wanting to uh, submit essays that pursue and explore culture and society through the lens of speculative media. And also it's a paying market, people. Paying. Paying market. Absolutely. And also, if you want to hear some of my vocalizations, Podcastle just released Cat Rambo's Her Windowed Eyes, Her Chambered Heart that I narrated. Nice. Uh, nice. So, uh, yes. Sir, that is... Presidente Cat Rambo. She just is, got, she, is she up? She's, she won it. She won it? She won it. Woo, she is now the well president done. of President of Sifwa. Awesome. Uh, so what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's not up. Don't know what to be happy or sad for her, but anyway. <laughs> All right, Starla Hudson. Uh, Starla Hutchton, uh, the entire reason that I know these jokers is um, because <laughs> in 2009 I did a podcast, uh, full cast podcast, The Dreamer's Thread, um, and that was kind of, that was my first book, and uh, <laughs> um, I have since, I narrated Lindsay Broker's The Emperor's Edge, the first three books in that series, um, done a few other bits and pieces here and there, um, yeah, I have like Yes, amazing book cover, StarHutchton.com. Right? Yes. Thanks, Doc. I'll ding around here. Hi, I'm 
Veronica Jaguer. Um, I put voices inside people's heads for words that other people write. Um, I am a narrator and a co-author on the Secret World Chronicle podcast novel series. Um, I'm not classically trained in anything except maybe engineering and sometimes teaching. And outside of Balticon, it's not recognized. So, But here you are a superhero. Yes. Yes. She's a professional voice actress. She gets paid for it. I do. I get paid paid to narrate lots of books. And um, after this, if you like free audiobooks, I might have a few by some of your favorite podcasters so you can see me outside for them. Yeah. Free audio. Free stuff. Talk to Veronica. Yay. (laughs) Woo! So, so the, 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 the basic premise of this is talking about kind of the, the various foibles that I think the directors of podcast audio have and some of the difficulties that they encounter. And uh, in particular, we're going to talk about uh, power dynamics and we're going to talk about character motivation. Okay, Those are two things that need to be captured by your voice actors before you start voice acting. A lot of times I've gotten podcast narration from people and it just gets highlighted lines and they don't contact me over Skype and I just do it in a vacuum and I'm not going to read your podcast audio. I'm just going to read. So what I want to do is I want to talk about the differences between two different performances and we'll see how they shake out. Okay. And we're going to do this six times and uh, then we'll start having audience members participate. So, first, I'd like to talk about two roommates having a fight. And this is for Veronica and Starla. <laughs> You're going to end up dead. You're not Space Marines. We're not doing that one this year, because Veronica made a crack about it. All right, so, so uh, Veronica, if you could be maybe Lana. Okay. And Starla, you can be Corey. And we're going to... Um, we're going to talk it through, I, you know, um, so yeah, let's go ahead and uh, two roommates having a fight when you're ready, ladies. What's that in the kitchen? What's what? You know good and well what's what. Those are dishes in the sink. I'm sorry, I'll get to them tomorrow. When they're crusty, I was doing homework. Why do you even care about that? It's not like you're going to get into medical school. Why would you say that? The truth will set you free. (laughs) You've been drinking. Goddamn right I've been. I'd eat too, but... It's hard to do that without some clean fucking dishes. <laughs> it's just three plates. Gotta draw the line somewhere. We had a deal. Please don't be like this. I said I'd get to them. I just wanted to... Just wanted to what? Play it being a smart kid? Trust me, school isn't going to do half as much for you as a nice pair of tits. <laughs> like it did for you? Uh, where is he anyway? <laughs> I've got to be honest. I think I'm starting to really regret all of this. Don't say that. Don't have to say that. You want to get educated. It's high time you learned that all of my regrets, every miserable fucking thing, started the day you entered my life. I said I was sorry. Nothing can make you fucking sorry enough. Get out of my sight. 
Oh. Oh. By the way, I forgot to mention, in case you wow. didn't read the program, there are mature themes in this. <laughs> we had we had one we had one uh, sketch uh, a couple of years ago that that was attended by this adorable nine-year-old. Oh. And I was like, mature themes, mature themes, mature themes. And then I didn't see this kid in the back. And I'm like, do we have any uh, takers in the audience to read about our sexual assault stalker? And, and this kid's like, I volunteer! <laughs> <laughs> I'll be tricking! <laughs> I'm like... Oh my god, you have to get him out of here. <laughs> so, the police were waiting at the door. Afterwards. Right. Yes. So so I, I do want to try to be pretty pretty clear but uh, about that. So so let, let's ask, though, who has the power in the scene? The roommate who is grousing or the roommate who is resisting? Resisting. resisting. That's right. That's the person who has the power to do anything, right? She could do the dishes or she could not do the dishes. Okay. So that's one of the that's one of the things that I want to talk about a lot is power dynamics. Okay, so every time you write a scene, I want you to think about who wants what, from whom do they want it, what's going to happen if they don't get it, right? That tells you who's in charge. Okay, so the roommate who's resisting Starla's character, even though she's quieter, has all the power in the scene. Now let's change the power dynamic and see how it reads the second time. The power dynamic is now, Starla's not her roommate, Starla is her nine-year-old daughter. You only wish for Space Marine. You said you didn't want Space Marine. By all means. And and Veronica, let's say you're uh, early 40s. Single. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh man! All right, ladies, when you're ready. What's that in the kitchen? What's what? You know good and well what's what. Those are dishes in the sink. I'm sorry. I'll get them. I'll get to them tomorrow. <laughs> when they're crusty. I was doing homework. Why do you even care about that? It's not like you're going to get into medical school. <laughs> Why would you say that? The truth will set you free. You've been drinking. <laughs> You're goddamn right I've been. <laughs> I'd eat too, but it's hard to do that without some clean fucking dishes. <laughs> it's just three plates. I've got to draw the line somewhere. We had a deal. Please don't be like this. I said I'd get to them. I just wanted to... Just wanted to what? Play at being a smart kid? <sighs> Trust me. School isn't going to do half as much for you as a nice pair of tits. <laughs> <laughs> like it did for you. Where is he anyway? I've got to be honest. I think I'm starting to really regret all of this. No, don't say that. You, you don't have to say that. You want to get educated? It's high time you learned that all of my regrets 
every miserable fucking thing started the day you entered my life. No. <laughs> I said I was sorry. Well, nothing can make you fucking sorry enough. Now get out of my sight. Special family matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so God, yeah. let's, wow. let's talk a little bit about how things change. How did the reading change, right? Because I, I think we can all agree that the reading was dramatically different, right? Not just not just the words. I mean, the words were all the same, but the way that the actors carried it out for us was completely different. What what were some factors in their performance? Can anybody anybody want to raise their Different voice. The condescension. The condescension went up. Now, who who owned the power in the scene that time? The mom. <laughs> the mom. Right. Right. So so if we start tracking power, we start tracking differences between recordings, right? And so if somebody records in a vacuum when they're recording your podcast or when they're doing dynamic voice acting, that creates a massive problem for you. By the way, these are cold reads. I'm not letting these people know what's going on ahead of time. Okay. So, uh, and they keep wishes. coming back. <laughs> <laughs> You're happy. And that was really cold. So, does, does anybody, does, okay, aside from the condescension, does anybody have any other ideas about other major changes? Yes. The tone of voice, yeah. Uh, she was, she was frightened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and there's that moment where she tries to take power in the scene. Where is he anyway? And it gets just shut down almost immediately, mm -hmm. right? So I'd like to um, I'd like to go ahead and we're gonna do a scene between Philippa and Stephen. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. Okay. So so this is a scene about a woman who takes her Land Rover. A woman who takes her Land Rover. Sorry, it's, yeah. it takes her Land Rover into the mechanic, right? Horribly, horribly warped rotors. Okay. Sorry. Oh, do you need Purell for that? I got that. I'm good. So, it's lavender. Yeah. Did you Did you enjoy playing Mommy Dearest? No wire coatings. <laughs> okay, so uh, so anyway, let's let's uh, let's see how it plays out. And at the end of this, I want to talk about who has the power in the scene, right? And how that changes. Okay, I'll admit I drove things a bit too hard. That's one way to put it. But you can fix it. You're gonna smooth everything over. I'm not sure that's possible, ma'am. Like hell, it isn't. How long have we been working together? At least a decade. A bit of good one, too. So don't give me that crap about not being able to fix it. Even if it's true? Especially if it's true. <laughs> Let's face it, I've gotten you to do more with less. Sometimes you can't. No, I don't buy that. You've always been a problem solver. <laughs> what do we do if I can't fix it? Maybe we have to start fresh. Oh, come on, Carlos. No such thing. You can fix anything. I appreciate your faith in me. It's not faith, it's results. 
You've always been able okay, to. Okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves, ma'am. But you are going to fix it. I'm going to try. <laughs> Stop saying that. It's not that bad. Get in there and fix it. That's right. All right. So I'll see you at five? Yeah, I'll see you at five. Okay. Let's let's take power away from Pip. And see yes! Pip. <laughs> So, so let's let's imagine some scenarios in which we could remove the power from Pip's character, right? Because she's telling him, she's you know, no matter what he says to her, she's she's saying, "Oh, I want you to, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. We're gonna change this. We're gonna change that. It's okay, you know." So, what what if Pip's character is a starship captain, uh-huh. <laughs> and Stephen like is her XO after a successful mutiny? Oh. Her execution is at uh, noon. <laughs> She's in the break. <laughs> He's still talking to her. All right, let's go again. Same thing, and I want you to pay attention to how the performance changes. Okay, I admit I drove things a bit too hard. That's one way to put it. But you can fix it. You're going to smooth everything over. I'm not sure that's possible, ma'am. Like hell it isn't. How long have we been working together? At least a decade. Been a good one, too. So don't give me that crap about not being able to fix it. Even if it's true. Especially if it's true. Let's face it, I've gotten you to do more with less. Sometimes you can't. No, I don't buy that. You've always been a problem solver. What if I can't fix it? Maybe we have to start fresh. Come on, Carlos. No such thing. You can fix anything. I appreciate your faith in me. It's not faith. It's results. You've always Uh, been able to... Okay, okay. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, ma'am. But you are going to fix it. I'm going to try. Stop saying that. It's not that bad. Get in there and fix it. All right. All right. So, see you at five? Yeah. I'll see you at five. Noon. <laughs> okay, so so let's let's break it down per actor, right? Okay, so let's let's talk about first what's different about Pip's performance. Okay? Volume. Volume. Yes, yes, definitely. So, so, so the sound energy coming from her is is different, right? Like she's she's not as sure of herself when she thought she was turning in a Land Rover. <laughs> it was much easier. Right, right, right. She, yeah, she's oh, you do it this way. And by the way, I picked Land Rover on purpose. That's the kind of person that drives that. <laughs> Sorry, Land Rover owners. But seriously, get out. <laughs> okay, so what what else about her other than the volume? I mean. Did she seem as sure of herself? No. 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 She was pleading. No, yeah, she was pleading. But was she willing, was her character, her, did her character feel like she could get rid of the power in the scene? No. No, she didn't want to get rid of the power in the scene, right? See, she's a, she's a powerful character, right? And has always classically been a powerful character. Let's talk about Steven's performance, right? You know, whereas before we have the cow towing mechanic, right? 
Now, now it's different. It's the power of life and death. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like let me set your expectations. It was like, oh, I really am not sure that's gonna happen. <laughs> Did you get the impression that Carlos had been part of the mutiny? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. 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 Not particularly. Not particularly. Like, I Maybe that he agreed with it, but didn't facilitate it. Right. So, so we we got we did get some pity from him, right? We got a lot of regret. He said, "Ma'am." Yeah. Yeah. He kept saying, "Ma'am." Right. Because the word itself, even if they're not said with the power given, it's giving that sort of verbal nod. I was at least your face. I will still respect that. Right. Yeah. He definitely carried a lot of those cues with him. I, you know, his, his character in this particular instance did a lot of really interesting things. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, thank you. Yeah, we're going to move on. All right. So, I have a script for Philippa and T. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> So is it from real life? Do really have to? Let's get old. Let's get old. This is Carl's on this one. Could someone please pour me a glass of water? You can't have my Star Wars water. This is called Fish Wish. Fish Wish. You've caught a magic talking fish, Daniel. Her yeah. name is Philippa. <laughs> okay, so so T, you're Daniel, Pip, you're Ariana, and this is a magic talking fish. Well said. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I caught you. I get one wish, right? <laughs> 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 For anything your little heart desires. Little? I'm a full size man. Oh, so I see. You'll have to pardon the presumption. Uh, now, about that one wish. When I came here, I wished to eat you. Is that off the table? <laughs> <laughs> that depends. Are you delicious? <laughs> Incredibly. However, we were talking about you. What can what can my wish be? Oh 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 oh. Uh, perhaps I could be a, a prince. I don't think I'd see much of you. Perhaps I want the strength of a thousand men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One man's strength is plenty when used wisely. Oh, then maybe, maybe I want wisdom. But it would be a crime for you to be wizened. <laughs> <laughs> then I want a beautiful girl. And you said you lacked wisdom. <laughs> the most beautiful girl I shall ever see. And what would she look like? Someone who will comfort me when my mind ails. Someone who will raise me up when I fall. Someone who will share my joys. Someone 
who will be sweet to me on my birthdays. <laughs> but that's not what beauty means. That's huh. what it means to me. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, T.J. Miller. <laughs> I don't believe that magic okay. fish was real. <laughs> okay, to alter the scenario, you are a pair of young lovers. You've been playing a game, and now you've you're in the bedroom. Oh! <laughs> Okay. Here we go. Love you, dear. Um, okay. So I caught you. I get one wish, right? For anything your little heart desires. Little? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a full-sized man. <laughs> so I see. <laughs> You'll have to pardon the presumption. Now about that wish. When I came here, I wished to eat you. <laughs> Is that off the table? <laughs> That depends. Are you delicious? <laughs> Incredibly. <laughs> However, we were talking about you. What could my wish be? Perhaps I could be a prince. I don't think I'd see that much of you. Perhaps I want the strength of a thousand men. One man's strength is plenty when used wisely. <laughs> I want wisdom. But it would be a crime for youth to be wizened. <laughs> I want a beautiful girl. And you said you liked wisdom. The most beautiful girl I shall ever see. And what would she look like? Someone who will comfort me when my mind ails. Someone who will raise me up when I fall. Someone who will share my joys. Someone who will be sweet to me on my birthdays. But that's not what beauty means. It's what it means to me. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Eat your heart out, E.L. James. Okay, okay, so in the first one, in the first one, the fisherman's kind of in charge of the scene, right? He drives the scene. He, you know, and the fish is like, okay, well, let's get this over with so I can not die. Right? right. But in the second one, you know, you, do you get the impression that the second, the lover is, you know, Pip's character was in charge? It's a bedroom. A woman's in charge. <laughs> oh, 
It was, it was. It, it definitely it definitely changed things significantly. Now, can can we talk about the differences in the performance? Other than other than T adopting a ridiculous character. <laughs> Which I thought was great because that those was that was pretty hammy dialogue. <laughs> Yeah? How so? Well, she was more seductive, I guess. Yeah? In the second round than in the first round. She was just trying not to be eaten. Absolutely. Uh oh, children. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> mature content, children. Fly away! Hey, they almost missed an embarrassing moment. So, Pip was certainly more seductive. They, but there was a there was a much greater amount of playfulness in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like introduced into the dialogue. It's I thought more the, the sarcasm sort of thing in the first one with the <coughs> trying not trying not to die, but also that that sense of a creature who is smarter than you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like like the the fish was almost like patronizing, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time not in charge of the situation. Right. Like Leon Owsley. Anybody Daredevil? Anyone? <laughs> when he's suddenly in charge of the situation, it's frightening, actually. So I have a scene for Stephen and Dave. This is called Excellent. Trustee. Okay, so Miles holds the keys to the bank account. So... Uh, which, let's see here, you'll be the other one. You're, you're Miles, you're who? Benjamin. Benjamin. It's all about Benjamin. Miles wants his Benjamins. So, Benjamin. let's, let's talk about trust funds. Welcome to Dynamic Voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see, let's see the first performance. I'm going to need to borrow against my trust fund. What for? I don't want to talk about it. Well, I do. Don't you think we should talk about it? No, it's for some stuff I need. We're going through this trust fund money far too quickly. Look, what Owen left us needs to last. If it doesn't, you and I are both going to be out on the street. It's for a restaurant. Devin is getting spun up and he needs some capital. A restaurant? Yes. That's where people eat food. <laughs> You understand that restaurants are terrible investments, right? 60% of them don't make it in one year. 80% of them don't make it two. Devin is a smart guy. Smart guys don't open restaurants. <laughs> smart guys find capital without begging their best friends. You're just afraid there won't be any money for you. You're a parasite. I'm your father. <laughs> <laughs> well, Owen didn't trust you, which is why he left all his money to me. And yet... He left me an advisor's stipend. He knew you'd need good, sound financial advice. <laughs> it's a bald off. Here we go. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so let's let's change it up a little and see how the performance changes when Steven's character actually can't say no. He's just getting notified, right? Yep. And. Both of them are still living out of the same bank accounts, by the way. You're both living out of the same <laughs> bank account. Uh, but you can't say no. There's nothing you can do to stop him. But you need rent. All right. Let's do the same scene 
again. I'm going to need to borrow against my trust fund. What for? I don't want to talk about it. Well, I do. Don't you think we should talk about it? No, it's for some stuff I need. You're going through this trust fund money far too quickly. What Owen left us both needs to last. If it doesn't, you and I will both be out on the street. It's for a restaurant. Devin's getting spun up and he needs some capital. A restaurant? Yes. That's where people go to eat. <laughs> you understand that restaurants are restaurants are terrible investments, right? Like 60% of them don't make it one year and 80% of them don't make it two. Devin is a smart guy. <sighs> smart guys don't open restaurants. Smart guys find capital without begging their best friends. You're just afraid there won't be any money for you. You're a parasite. But I'm your father. <laughs> well, Owen didn't trust you, which is why he left all his money to me. And yet he left me an advisor's stipend. He knew you'd need good, sound financial advice. <laughs> All right, let's start with uh, Steven's performance. What's different? Quieter. Quieter? A little more reserved, a little more... I want to... I can't. I... But no. Please shatter. I yes. Yes. Yeah. Did, did you Did you get the impression he's almost more melodic in the second one? Yes. Much more inflection, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. He, he's a little sing-songy. And not necessarily that. It was almost like a psychological, I'm going to try to influence you. I have <laughs> right. no problem, but I'm trying. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes it's it's sort of designed to invoke the child needs something. Yeah, it seems like so trying to to say softly and quietly, you know, I I need this, so I need you to pay attention to me, and it carries a different weight than someone who's demanding something. Let's let's talk about the Miles performance. His voice immediately went a lot deeper and a lot more self-assured of. This is what we're doing. This is what I need. Yeah. No, no questions need to be asked on your end. It's done. Right. It was flatter, wasn't it? It I was mean, hurt. Those type of performances do work. I, I would have loved, as the director, I would have loved to have stepped in and said, guys, do that again, but knock off the the, the pauses so that as soon as he's done, <coughs> he would... Uh, he would come oh, up with yeah. a response, yeah, that and it would come across a little more like something you'd hear on the newsroom or, 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 or even <laughs> I don't know that that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy. I like, I like my Sorkin dialogue. Uh, and, and Walk with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 uh, Dave, can you can you give your two opening lines? Right, you give your first opening line. Mm-hmm. Give it again. Give it both ways. Okay. Uh, first time. I'm going to need to borrow against my trust fund. Right. Okay. And then the second read, I'm going to need to borrow against my trust fund. <laughs> right. It was, it was like yeah. 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 just a foregone freaking yeah. conclusion. If I didn't need to ask you, I wouldn't. In the first one, uh, uh, Dave came across as much more aggressive yes. yeah. as, as in I'm taking the power in this conversation right. from yeah. the start. Right. And as it went on, the power slipped over mm-hmm. to Stephen. 
Right, like he was like trying. He's got the power, yeah. and he knows he's not going to lose it's it. Assumed. So he doesn't have to put any effort into making mm-hmm. his statements. They just lie there. Yes, absolutely. Um, so this is one for Dave, and this is a story for your kids, Dave. <laughs> I'm okay. scared already. By all means. Tell me a story, Uncle Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep on waking. His name is Joachim. Joachim? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You so should we all just name. sit on the floor in front of him then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> story time, everyone. Dave. Yay. 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 <laughs> do, I, do I see the name at the beginning where it's listed there? Or is that just, no, just, 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 just read, read the lines? Just read okay. the lines, there we go. There we go. <laughs> there once was a little boy who longed for the road. He used to stare out his window and think about what wonder surely lay hidden across the horizon. One day, when he was old enough, his father packed the little boy's bag and sent him on his way. But the little little boy didn't make it to the horizon, because at the very first crossing, he met a toll man. Give me twenty coins, or you may never cross this bridge said the bandit. But the little boy only had ten coins. In spite of that, the little boy tried to cross the bridge, and the toll man beat him and left him for dead on the shore. (laughs) The Bible's less violent. (laughs) When the little boy awoke, he found himself in a house, being nursed back to health by a lovely old lady. She told the little boy that she'd once tried to cross the bridge, too, and the toll man had done the same to her. When the little boy eventually left the house, he found a whole tribe of people living under the bridge, unable to cross. All of their stories were the same as his. But one of the villagers had gotten crafty. He'd asked each of his friends if he could borrow a coin. And when he had enough, he crossed the bridge, never looking back. In time, the other villagers tried the same thing, each one trying to trick the others into giving them coins until no one had anything. But the little boy recognized what the others did not. Even though they had no more coin to give, they had plenty of blood. And there was only one. Told man. Oh. Oh. Sweet dreams, kid. Well. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Uncle Dave. <laughs> I can go sleep again. Let's, let's, let's change this up. Joachim is a freedom fighter. He does not expect to survive the day and is comforting himself with the story his father told him while field stripping his weapon. Give me the setup one more time. Uh, You're a freedom fighter, right? You don't expect to survive the day. Okay. I. This is a serious assault you're doing here. Right. And comforting himself. The story was told to you by your father. Okay. Comforting yourself. Let's say, and your nearby friends. Gotcha. While field stripping your weapon. You've you've lived under this yoke for a long time. 
there was once a little boy who longed for the road. He used to stare out his window and think about what wonders surely lay hidden across the horizon. One day when he was old enough, his father packed the little boy's bag and sent him on his way. But the little boy didn't make it to the horizon because on the very first crossing, he met a toll man. Give me 20 coins or you may never cross the bridge, said the bandit. The little boy only had 10 coins. In spite of that, the little boy tried to cross the bridge and the toll man beat him and left him for dead on the shore. When the little boy awoke, he found himself in a house, being nursed back to health by a lovely old lady. She told the little boy that she'd once tried to cross the bridge, too. The toll man had done the same to her. When the little boy eventually left the house, he found a whole tribe of people living under the bridge, unable to cross. All of their stories were the same as his. But one of the villagers had gotten crafty. He'd asked each of his friends so he could, if he could borrow a coin, and when he had enough, he crossed the bridge, never looking back. And in time, the other villagers tried the same thing, each one trying to trick the others into giving them coins until no one had anything. But the little boy recognized what the others didn't. Even though they had no more coin to give, two very nuanced performances his his you know something something to think about here is dave's reading comprehension is really great right he's always he's always one sentence ahead of where he's actually saying speaking right and yet he could still get it wrong if the setup wasn't good enough right you as directors have to step in you have to give them the power dynamics you have to give them character motivations and you have to trust your actors Right, because that's the other thing. These people are great actors, but I'm not telling them much. Right? <laughs> Step into a little directing, you get massively different performances. How was Dave's different performance differing from the first and second round? The first one, it was very whimsical, and his voice would kind of do that upwards. It was, right. it was almost lilting in a yeah, way. With yeah. the, it was very rhythmic, and the second time, it was the end of every sentence would drop. Right. It brought down. It was much more grounded. I found that the first one, um, it was like you were just reading a book, and the second one, I felt like I was there. I felt like I was actually on the battlefield, like you were with a bunch of you guys, and you're like, we're, we're going to do this. Thank there you. Was, there, was a bit of, there was a bit of amening that I felt like needed to go on yeah. during this performance. Yeah. Well, in, the, yeah. in the second one, he had a couple of lip smacks at the beginning. It was like he was trying to remember it. And then it came back to him. Yeah. And the rest of it just well, went on. Yeah, yeah. That was, that, was, that was a really great addition, Dave. If, if, if it was on purpose. It probably was. <laughs> That's how it came out. It comforted himself, but it felt very much like he was using it as an allegory for what they were about to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> they were not wearing the Olympics. But it came across in his voice. It wasn't just a setup that we had. Like, I felt like even if I hadn't heard your setup, I would have felt yeah yeah well and you won't hear my setup right as we as we do these all right so we've got we got two more to get through so let's go ahead and get through them quickly okay so i've got one for starla and t 
Okay, this is investment opportunities. <laughs> you're a money thing, aren't you? No, but you're a Alex White listens. Yes. So, yeah, there's some sort of Mulan or You are Kayla. T, you are Crutcher. Crutcher, you work at Kayla's firm. Kayla has discovered that you're actually pretty dang good with the money. Oh my gosh. Let's go ahead and get that performance, people. We've got not a lot of time, so let's Speed read. No, 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 no. Let's not rush the actors. I just want to go ahead and get to it. Tell me something, Crutcher. Have you ever considered a career as a certified financial planner? Oh, come on. No, really. I think you'd be really good at it. I've been going over your work today, and it says to me, certified financial planner. Flatterer. Maybe we should get back to the task at hand? See, I think now is the perfect time to talk about it. Frankly, you might have, or you might be in the wrong career. I haven't seen your fiscal management skills firsthand, but I feel certain they could pay dividends for you in the long run. Pay dividends? Good one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't want to speak too soon, but I could see you owning your own Edward Jones franchise, because a career here would be wasted on you. No, no, Kayla. It's true. You're wasting your potential here. When you could be settling down in a nice country with a nice country girl and building up a nest egg. Maybe when we're done here, we could look at your retirement. I'd like that, though. I could show you a thing or two about hitting targets. I'm sure you've thought about it a lot more since you're closer to retirement age. Whoops! Look <laughs> at the time. I hate that you're leaving so soon. Okay. So, These are assassins, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Guns under the table. Okay, okay. So, so yeah, let's change it up. Kayla and Crutcher are elite mercenary assassins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And their mission has just gone south because Crutcher missed a headshot. <laughs> you are now pinned down in a massive firefight and project as though firefight happening and grenades and stuff. Feel free to reload as you Tell me something, Crutcher. Tell me something, Crutcher. Have you ever considered a career as a certified financial planner? Oh, come on! No, really. I think you'd be really good at it. I've been going over your work today, and it says to me, certified financial planner. <laughs> <laughs> Flatterer. Maybe we should get back to the task at hand? See, I think now is the perfect time to talk about <laughs> Frankly, you might be in the wrong career. I haven't seen your fiscal management skills first, but I feel certain they could pay dividends for you in the long run. Pay dividends! <laughs> Good one! I mean, I don't want to speak too soon, but I could see you owning your own Edward Jones franchise because a career here would be wasted on you. Now! Now, Kayla! <laughs> It's true, you're wasting your potential here. When you could you could be settling down with a nice country girl building up a nest egg. Maybe when we're done here? <laughs> <laughs> we 
We can look at your retirement. <laughs> I'd like that, although I could show you a thing or two about hitting targets. I'm sure you've thought about a lot more since you're reaching retirement age. <laughs> oh. oh, whoops. Look at the time. I didn't see any grenades flying. There are a myriad of differences in those performances, but we, I, I think we can say that the sense of urgency comes <laughs> right. right, and well, when you got Dave next to you, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm considering this an extra great performance because I did it under duress. There's <laughs> actual Dave PTSD. PTSD. This is a monologue. For Veronica, we're going to fondly remember a good friend and confidant, Landon. Oh. I can never forget the first time I met Landon. It was at the washeteria in our apartment complex, and he'd managed to turn all of his undies pink. <laughs> I learned two things that day. Landon would never know how to operate a washer, and he thought he had the ass to work a bikini brief. <laughs> he was funny, but it was an acidic humor. The guy was really smart and always wanted to prove himself. I found out we were into a lot of the same stuff, which was cool, I guess. And over time, we started to see more of each other. And not just with his dumb laundry debacles. We meet in the hall, by the Coke machine, even at the bus stop. I couldn't go more than 12 hours without running into him like we were fated to be together. And then one morning, I was coming home from Darnell's house, and I saw Landon in the parking lot crying. I'd never seen him so torn up. Just ugly crying. When I asked him what was the matter, he'd do anything to get the subject onto Darnell. He refused to talk about why he was out there. He just wanted to talk about Darnell. I don't know how I could have been so blind. Eventually, I came to understand. Landon was sick. Not the kind of sickness you can see but the kind that eats away at you until there's nothing left. He needed help. Real psychiatric care. Like an idiot. I tried to be that for him. When someone is being sucked down into the murky depths, you think you're going to reach out and save them. All of the Saturday morning cartoons tell us to lift each other up, to be compassionate. I know better. You reach out to that drowning person and they pull you in because whatever is tugging at their ankles will always be stronger than you. And if you don't find a way to cut it off, you 
change round two. Three weeks ago, Landon killed himself. And it was a genuine fucking tragedy. And even though they say a part of him will always be with me, I know it's the other way around. There was a point at which I loved that big bastard. But now I've forgotten how to love anyone. And so, when you tell me you knew what Landon Reyes was like, I have to tell it like it is. You only knew half of him. All right. Good God. Don't make it Don't feel too bad. Landon was a stalker yes, God. who blackmailed Gabrielle with suicide threats and begged her to sleep with him. Oh. I said adult content. I meant it. She's because she's great at it. All right, so because she likes. No, come on. I can never forget the first time I met Landon. It was at the washeteria in our apartment complex. And he'd managed to turn all of his undies pink. I learned two things that day. Landon would never know how to operate a washer. And he thought he had the ass to work a bikini brief. <laughs> he was funny, but it was an acidic humor. The guy was really smart and always wanted to prove himself. I found out we were into a lot of the same stuff, which was cool, I guess. Over time, we started to see more of each other, and not just with his dumb laundry debacles. We'd meet in the hall, at the Coke machine, even at the bus stop. I couldn't go more than 12 hours without running into him, like we were fated to be together. <clears throat> then one morning, I was coming home from Darnell's house, and I saw Landon in the parking lot, crying. I'd never seen him so torn up, just ugly crying. When I asked him what was the matter, he'd do anything to get the subject onto Darnell. He refused to talk about why he was out there. He just wanted to talk about Darnell. I don't know how I could have been so blind. Eventually, I came to understand Landon was sick. Not the kind of sickness you can see, but the kind that eats away at you until there's nothing left. He needed help real psychiatric care. Like an idiot, I tried to be that for him. When someone is being sucked down into the murky depths, you think you're going to reach out and save them. All of the Saturday morning cartoons tell us to lift each other up to be compassionate. <laughs> I know better. You reach out to that drowning person and they pull you in because whatever is tugging 
at their ankles will always be stronger than you. And if you don't find a way to cut it off, you'll drown too. Three weeks ago, Landon killed himself. And it was a genuine fucking tragedy. And even though they say a part of him will always be with me, <laughs> I know it's the other way around. There was a point at which I loved that big bastard, but <laughs> now I've forgotten how to love anyone. And so, when you tell me you knew what Landon Reyes was like, <laughs> I have to tell it like it is. You only knew half of him. Ooh. And that's why I give that stuff to Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shaking. Damn it. <laughs> All right, so we have run up against our time limit, and we really need to get out of the way of everyone else. So I just want to give everybody a round of applause up here. Thank you so much for attending Dynamic Voice Acting. I hope it's been educational. I, um... I think Veronica needed to take a shower after that. She looked pretty uncomfortable towards the end there. Yeah, she did. But God, wasn't she awesome? She was, but my favorite one was when they were being the soldiers. No, I love the soldiers, but mine was T and Pip with the fish <laughs> and then the lovers. Yeah. <laughs> T, Pip, if you guys hear this, we love you always and forever. Oh, so very much. <laughs> Period. Lucky Tiki. Lucky Tiki wins again! Saves us all! That's all we've got for this bonus episode. Tried to keep it short, considering it's a 50-minute panel, kind of hard to do. That 50 minutes went by fast. Yeah. I hope it was for you, too. We do want to give a shout-out to the Disaster Piece Theatry guys, Alex and Steven. You guys are awesome, and once again, thank you for the Lexiconosaurus thing. Alex, you run a great panel. Yeah, you do. And Steven, you're awesome. Yes. And bald. Yes. But that's okay. Because we love you. Well, we need to mention how awesome Dave is. That that goes without mentioning. We love you, Dave. I love you, too. Aw, I feel so special now. Yeah. Okay, now that we've got all the love in the room, we're going to go ahead and sign out on this one, guys. So, keep writing and send us stuff. And on September 1st, we'll see you again to feed the masses. Thank you for listening to The Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast. Or you can email us themeltingpodcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project. And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek. Send us stuff! <laughs> <laughs>